Welcome to Thriving Through Menopause, where we talk about this time of life, mind, body, and spirit. I'm your host, Clarissa Christensen. Each week, I'm joined by top professionals dropping their tips and advice. Remember, episodes drop every Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And if you like this podcast, please rate and review it. Thank you, because this helps others to find the show. You can check out our website, find out which episodes are coming up, and get the latest blog and advice by going to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com, and get ready to thrive, not just survive, through perimenopause and beyond. Next episode of Thriving Through Menopause, and have I got a treat for you, because we're going to talk about something a bit different. We're going to talk about time and energy and attention, or as my guest today, Mel Ross, calls it tea. Well, of course, she's British, but welcome to the show, Mel. Oh, Clarissa, thank you so much. I'm very, very delighted and excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited for our conversation. I mean, just a little bit about you. I mean, you're an executive leadership mentor and coach, and you've been working, I think, predominantly with women. And you have had your own experience, which we're going to talk about, which I think has been very foundational to you setting up the work that you do and this concept of tea. But let's start with you, Mel. I mean, tell me a little bit about your journey and how all this came about. Yeah, so, do you know, it's really interesting because uh, we were talking just um, offline how things organically develop. And, um, and my journey has very much been organic. It's not certainly a journey by design. Um, in terms of who I am, you're absolutely right. I have uh, been for the last 10 years an executive mentor and coach, and, I, and I've been working in, working in the world of complexity, of change and transformation. So when you think about some of the things there, there's already some symptomatic similarities and parallels, anxiety, stress, burnout, overwhelm, you know, so many of these inability to sleep and disrupted sleep patterns, etc. So I've been working in that world with leaders for over a decade and um, and creating techniques and creating methodologies and using different frameworks and just really distilling what works for the leader time and time again starts to pattern. And I got to this point where I was really starting to recognize the patterns and creating my own model and creating my own techniques and practices for that until, of course, I came upon my own journey of, mm. you know, uh, complexity, change and transformation, <laughs> yeah, shall yeah. I say. So you actually did hit the wall, didn't you? Yeah, yeah I really did. And I think there's something really interesting here as well. Um, I have a good support around me in terms of um, girlfriends from college and just general kind of, you know, support around me and a very supportive husband. So I had all of that. What was really interesting was my wall didn't come from one particular symptom or a few symptoms that just 
flew out of nowhere. It was this lots of tiny little mm. things, Clarissa, that in and of themselves were nothing, but just it was like this perfect storm. All of a sudden, one day, bang, it was just the my whole world came tumbling down. I didn't have extreme symptoms in any way, shape or form. It was just the tiny little things all coming together. Um, and, and I think that, that in and of itself made made it such that it took me by surprise. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's when we think, oh, I've got aches and pains, or I've got a headache, or I'm not showing up in a meeting. You know, and I think it it is that drip, drip, drip. And I think I can relate to that personally. Um, over the years, that it was one thing after another. Um, and I see that with the women that I connect with and work with around the world, it's the same. It's not like suddenly. The majority of us are sort of sideswiped, as you say, by something. That can happen, of yeah. course. But for many of us, it is, mm. I think we've been worn down over decades, quite frankly. And then it suddenly is just, yes. that's it. Can't do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and then, you know, you get the extremes of emotion. You know, you get this sense of, um, because you didn't know where it came from, you're taken by such surprise that you just start, you're just overwhelmed. And and I think one of the most important things that I learnt, and I hope that your listeners are also um, able to understand, is that whilst there is a loss of identity, there's also a rebirth as well. And... um, you know, I really love the work of Margaret Wheatley and the Bacana Institute, where she talks about two-loop theory. And she she says, you know, which is the most effective system in the world on the planet? And the most effective system in the world on the planet is the living system, because it knows how to die before it comes up. And you know, so I don't. I don't know about you. I don't know about the you know the people that are listening today. But when I think about my mother, my aunts, my grandmothers, oh my giddy aunt, menopause. It was the end. It yeah. was the end of the road. You know, we were at the end of the pier, at the edge of a cliff, and there was absolutely nothing for us. Whereas what I realised is, if we are able to tap back into who we are and our identity with some fundamental techniques and some thinking patterns, actually. It, it 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 can be a springboard into certainly for me best yeah of my life. isn't that amazing and I love that positivity um that is the contrast and I think this is the message is coming through now isn't it that you know it's not the end of the road we can have this amazing life and I just saw I think in the Daily Mail was it Helen Mirren this yeah just the other day and she oh, looks yes. fantastic she's 78 I mean she's you know and she's just there in who she is doing her thing with the new films coming out she's done all the stuff for Barbie which everybody's raving about and there's, there's Helen Mirren at 78 behind all of that so you're absolutely right I mean she's not the only one and it's hard to live up to her but there is this immense opportunity isn't there Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that has come out for me in, um, you know, this passion project that 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 I'm I, I'm here 
thankfully, to talk about today. One of the foundational setup points is this reconnection with identity. You know, this reconnecting with not just who am I now, but who am I becoming and who do I want to be? And, you know, that's, we need to be speaking about this. We need to be thinking about this. We need to be supported through that story the design of our next absolutely chapter. and i think that that's still a bit of the missing piece in this because i think we are now in a world where increasingly everywhere i mean from the us the uk down to uganda and even china we are talking about um, menopause symptoms about how we can yeah. navigate it but then what and this is the piece that I think is is still not yet really fleshed out for us. We they're supposed to be what somewhere in our mid fifties, and people talk sort of vaguely about this second spring. But how do we get there, and what does that mean, and how do we reconnect or build a a sort of a next stage for ourselves? And maybe that's where your work on tea comes in. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to, to answer that question, the, if you think about tea to start off with, and you go to the origins of tea, you're going to go to Japan, you're going to go to China. I know, you know, I'm, I'm British, so of course I'm a tea drinker anyway, but let's go back a little bit further in history. Um, and what you, what you get there is you get an understanding that the preparation is so important. Success, that is the outcome and the output, is equally dependent on how much you put in at the start. So how do we prepare? How do we set the ground, the ceremony of this thing called tea mastery, time, energy and attention? And it is down to identity. And what I do in order to prepare for that next stage when I'm working with um, women and leaders is looking at that identity piece in five areas. First area is profile. Who am I? And reconnecting in with who I am, reconnecting in with my strengths, and most importantly, is reconnecting in with what uniquely defines me as a human being to somebody else, to somebody else, to somebody else. I'm a joker and I love ancient herbs and, you know, there's, there's unique things about me. And just reconnecting with those things all of a sudden starts to support energy. The second P is purpose. Mm. And this is interesting because so many women that I work with have you know d lost the permission have forgotten the permission that they have to, to to own purpose and of course you know when you think about our roles as women it's not just the identity hats that we take you know put on and take off we are mothers we are wives we are friends we are workers we, we you know this we are we are i was reading an article last week which was about um it's it, you go from parenting to oh, parenting, you know. We we it's it's yeah. really powerful, isn't it? 
really, really powerful. So reconnecting in with our purpose is so, so valuable to us. And that then allows us to just naturally shift into the third P of the five, which is presence. And this is really where we're tapping into, you know, you're thinking about fog, you're thinking about overwhelm, you know, all of that stuff. Being able to just start being in the present moment. And that's so important because there's always a flip side. The more present I can be here with you, the more presence I have in the eyes of others, right? And then, you know, that's so important. That's part of identity. That puts us back in the game. Um, Incredibly important. And then the final two are preparedness and positivity, (laughs) which you probably wouldn't need too much of of a gift to recognise that that's important to me. But preparedness first is really important because it's you know planning to fail is failing to plan it's it's creating the conditions and environment that is you know you're giving yourself permission for that which is so incredibly important and it is as well about thinking about the future and repositioning a lot of our narrative because one of the things that was really tough for me and it's only when I started journaling and doing some reflective practice on my journaling, Carissa, that I recognised the amount of negative words that had come into my self-talk, my spoken and my written. I was, yes, but, and, you know, I've always been a positive person, Clarissa, always. But all of a sudden, there's this yeah. just hitting that wall there's just something just came up and it I I recognize that which is that final piece positivity it's that ability positivity is not happy happy clappy clappy it's really tough it's really tough to be positive yeah I love those five I mean particularly about you know our strengths and who we are you know as a child and I'm a Chinese medicine practitioner we talk all the time about Jing and the essence of you and purpose as being yeah. our Ming, which is how we show up in the world. So I'm like, like sitting here going, yes, 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 yeah. you know. And yeah. and I do agree, yeah. women have totally lost permission to, to be their own identity. And I think we are run by other people's purpose for a long time. And some of that's understandable. We have children. Um and and we may have, as you say elderly parents that require us but somewhere in there you know the question is who am I and what do I want to be (laughs) is can be very easily um subsumed I think by all these other factors in our life and so you know this menopause is is a chance to look up and say well yeah what do I want to do how do I want to show up in this world and of course being present well we've talked a lot about this on this show and, and it's so important and I love that you acknowledge that positivity is hard. Oh, gosh, Mel. It's it's so easy to be negative because we are surrounded by negativity. Yeah, it's a really tough world to be living in at the moment. And, um, you know, especially for women in general. I mean, you know, regardless of midlife perimenopause or menopause which can happen as you i'm sure have spoken about in your 20s or in your 70s you know you don't you never stop menopause it's a 
hormone transition that is actually part of life, but we seem to have just made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it kind of, you know, if it is, if there, if it, if it is anything for me, I think it's, it is trying to claw back the permission that we have got around the redesign of the next phase and chapter of our life yeah definitely and and finding that from a positive angle otherwise we become the aunt that nobody wants to sit next to at christmas and i don't think there are many of us who want to become that person who whines and moans and is negative and i do think it is particularly hard because of the way in which some of this menopause narrative is unfolding it's very fear-based and it's very negative at times and so women do need a lot of support around that positivity piece i agree absolutely agree and i think what you're saying there as well clarissa is there's an important point for us all as women which is why profile is so important to to recognize is that regardless of any research you read regardless of any percentage that you come across there is no average there is just you they they are there to help us in and inform us but at the end of the day if we are living our lives from the inside out then actually we are the best decision-making framework that yeah. we can be. Totally, totally, because we actually know ourselves better. And I, I think surely that word trusting ourselves must come into the work you do. Without a doubt, absolutely, Definitely. without a doubt. So obviously mm-hmm. your work, Mel, is very focused on, on women leaders. So if women who are listening to this podcast are saying, well, I'm, I'm not a leader, you know, I'm... I'm doing whatever, but I'm not in that kind of position. How does this framework work for them? Uh, very good question. And I think it could work for any woman. It could work for any gender. And um, and in order to confirm that, I would ask everybody three questions, really. The first question is, do you ever feel that you are constrained by time? Do you ever feel like you could, you know, do with more time? You you are trying to find more time to do what you want to do or need to do. So if the answer is yes, then that's one part. Um, the next one would be, do you feel sometimes that you are not necessarily in control of your energy in so much as it might be up and down? Or indeed, it might even be low, lower than it normally is. If the answer to that in some way, shape or form is yes, then there we go. That's the energy piece. And finally, attention and focus. Um, Whilst it is absolutely, you know, one of the most, you know, talked about uh, symptoms of, of of menopause, and I think there's, you know, one of the Zoe um, pieces of research said, I think it's like sixty eight percent of women suffer from, you know, brain fog as one of their, their their key symptoms. But it's not just brain fog. I mean, we're, it's twenty twenty three. We're living in a world that is completely and utterly, you know, distraction factor with social media and scrolling and 
you know, we don't know where the truth is. There's, you know, somebody told me 2.5 quintillion bytes of data are created every single day. I mean, I have to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes just on that. And it's <laughs> own right. It's like, what does that mean? Um, you know, so there again, attention and focus is is the time, energy and attention, I think, are things that every human being can benefit from. It's just when it becomes palpable when it becomes acute which is what happened for me right you know right back at the start of the story there was no one thing that just went hey Mel it's your time it was literally just hitting the wall and realizing that there's yeah. just a myriad of tiny things around time energy and attention just yeah. got me Clarissa. yeah and I just can got me. I can relate personally having felt that you know at the end towards the end of my corporate career I just didn't have any of those things left uh, and I think it's not got better yeah. I think you know we're so busy and if anything the pandemic brought that to the very height of managing this complex um, unfolding in the world and then we have on top of that menopause and then working from home and schooling from home there wasn't five minutes for women um, to do anything one I think one of my friends said you know we're not just making meals at home. Now we feel like we're running a restaurant, you know. It felt like that. And now we've got the pull to go back to work as we've just got one kind of way of being coming back on top of us. We're often not in control of our energy. I think energy deficit Absolutely. for women is huge. So much tiredness. And as you said, brain fog is, I think I would say today, the number one symptom of menopause even though hot flashes are you know technically 80 percent women have them i think it's this everybody talks about brain fog and losing themselves and feeling like i'm inadequate i can't put sentences together i can't focus i can't get projects out the door at work i'm not achieving anything i'm sort of sitting here and nothing is is moving in my life and brain fog so it's not just where did I lose my keys I think it's so all-consuming oh it's absolutely it's systemic and then you know just as you're talking I can feel the energy you know you're we're either spiraling down or we're spiraling up yeah. at any given moment and I think you know for me mastery of time energy and attention tea with Mel is is about giving ourselves the time space to practice mm. spiraling up so that when we need when we need it we can we can and not waiting for the moment where we need it and i think that's really important to your point on energy though i hope no, you, if, if you don't mind i just want to um uh, perhaps just come back to that briefly i remember when i started working on the concept of um, positive energy and looking at you know the ancient wisdom techniques etc etc alongside neuroscience I wanted to bring those two things together you know I really wanted to make sure that my 10,000 hours was across yeah. um, both of those areas and I came across an, an understanding that was didn't really come from one place it came from lots of different teachings and, and lots of different people but what it what it taught me was this if we can consider the the idea that there is emotional energy, which is our feelings, 
there is cognitive energy, which are our thoughts. There is physical energy, which is our our movement, our body, and spiritual energy, which is you know our our spirit and our soul. They are all, perhaps, maybe, arguably, the, not not the latter, but definitely cognitive um, and you know emotional and and motor. They are finite, and what that means is, you wake up in the morning and your battery's full. By the time you go to bed at night, you know you, the reason why you need a good sleep is because you need to recharge your battery for the next day. And what I've learned is that positive energy and positive relational energy, so when it connects with another human being, yes. is infinite. And I think we can all we can all safely tap into a memory or an experience where that is absolutely true, where we've been at a dinner party, we've been in a meeting, we've walked into a room or somebody else has walked into a room and you've just... You know, the, the energy oh, yeah. can either go down or it can go up. But when it goes up, yeah, wow, yeah. you know, yeah, and incredible. we all feel that. We walk in and think, wow, and there's something about this person or whatever it is, and we feel that uplift. And I think that's absolutely true. I think the hardest thing there is, I think a lot of women are starting their day with a low battery, quite frankly, because we have a lot of issues with sleep, uh, and some of those are related to the fact that our minds are overwhelmed and busy so a lot of the time I think we're starting on half battery in the day and it goes to well zero and minus sometimes and so it's a long journey up for many women to recharge that battery to full absolutely absolutely and part of that then becomes time it's that you know that back to time and you know the biggest the biggest tip or piece of advice that i can give to anyone is before you can focus on energy before you can really focus on attention management and trying to recalibrate your focus you have to you need the time to do it and um it's not going to be maximized if there's guilt behind it so um you know, or I, I, I need to be doing this. I'm not giving myself permission. So time is why that's, you know, T, yes. you start with time. It's in that order, time, energy, and then attention. There is a reason for for that. And, um, you know, protect time. Protect some time and some space in your day. And ideally, that is the top and the tail of the day to begin with. So when I start working with women, it's always top and tail your day with some protected time and space and it can be as short as one minute closer to begin with that's all it needs to be to begin with um you know i don't know how many of your um listeners have ever um lent into the work of jim quick but jim quick does a fantastic program that i went on a few years ago as part of my journey called super brain and, and, you know, it's fabulous about, you know, helping you to refocus and recalibrate. But in that, on that program, in that program, one of the things that he said was practice makes progress. Practice does not make perfect. And it's the 
what's the minimum amount of time that you can protect yes. consistently? So it's not about I'm going to do an hour on Friday and then Friday comes along and something else is going to, because there's no practice, there's no routine. It needs to be something that becomes part of who you are, back to identity, back to the beginning of our conversation. So start with a minute and that's fine because that minute will increase. I started with five minutes, Clarissa. I am now one hour every single morning and 20 minutes before going to bed. If you just said that to me four years ago, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, no way, Jose, do you know how long my day is? Do you know what I've got to deal with? And I'm, you know, here and I'm navigating all of these different identities as a female. I started five minutes. It's what's the minimum amount that you can repeat consistently. What can you give yourself um, permission to routinely do? And that's yeah, that's I, I couldn't agree more. I think that setting a more realistic goal to carve out this bookending of the day is so important. And you're right, you know, we amaze what one minute of stopping could do five minutes of just whatever and then that can become whatever you choose your practice to be and I think that's the other thing it's not prescriptive some of us I know loathe journaling I mean I'm only I'm learning how to journal (laughs) I'd be the first to admit that that hasn't been my thing you know and 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 now I'm beginning to find a way to do that but I'm the same you know, I teach women's qigong. I say to women, you can do t- you could do ten minutes, and it could change your life. And then do five minutes at the end yeah. of the day to help you go to sleep, and your life could be different. And it's not hard. You yeah. just have to get up every day and do it. Uh, and we do have absolutely five minutes at either end of the day. We think we spend one hundred and fifty minutes a day minimum scrolling through social. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I, I'm, you know, when you think about marginal gain, you think about 1% of your day, 1% of your day is on average 10 minutes. That's one, yeah. 1%. So you're taking 1% out of 100%, which is 10 minutes. And sometimes you can start with so much yeah. less than that. And, and it's so incredibly important. But again, as you say, it's the top of the tail. The beginning of tea mastery is topping and tailing your day how you begin and how you end how you begin and how you end and making the smallest repetitive routine on the beginning and the end in order to really start addressing the second element yeah, which is absolutely energy. because if you haven't carved out any time there's no way to begin managing energy no no you can't because no, managing energy requires a little bit more work and thought yeah. Uh, but yes, we all can do this. So I'm encouraging the listeners, Mel is encouraging you to to make carve out a minute oh, yeah. either side, five minutes either side, uh, yeah. because it's going to really change your life, change the way you show up, change the way you feel about life. Absolutely. And once you've got that, then you then. Then you can start thinking about the day, the stuff that happens, the complexity of the living moments of the day. You know, that stuff, if, if you've got that top and tail 
and you've done that for a few weeks, then start looking at the daily practice and starting to, you know, think about where you can reprioritize, buy back time. I mean, one of the things that is really tough for us all as, as women and, and human beings increasingly, especially knowledge workers, is... Um, you know, when we're learning or how much time we've got to do more with less in the work environment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we tend to do what we need to do in the day, you know, and then there's, you know, Zoom back-to-back <laughs> meetings or Teams or whatever, yeah. you, you know, the, the, this hybrid world we're living in. And then we go home and whatever we do at home, and then all of a sudden we're clawing back, we're clawing back time out of our personal life. And one question I always ask um, women when I start working with them is this. How much time do you steal from your personal life in order to do work that needs to be completed and done? And how do you feel about that? How much time do you steal from your work professional life in order for you to focus on some of the things that are required of your personal life? And wow. That's a very different answer, I think. And I think we all know those things I certainly know that you would come home and I had a a boss and I've shared the story a bit before but you know she had no boundaries so you would and I used to wake up at two in the morning thinking oh my god what has she sent me now and she'd be up at like 11 so she was then sending off messages and I'd wake up and I think oh my god what's she going to want now and by six o'clock in the morning she was at it again it was exhausting to work for someone like that And she ate into my time with my child, my time on holiday. And that was why eventually I left that job. Because, you know, I went on holiday. I was in a remote part of China on a a train journey, you know. And I had a Blackberry, that's it, until it was a while ago. But there was no network. And she had constantly sent me messages. And I'm saying, I'm on holiday. I've prepared everything you need for this meeting. She was just unable. And in the end, I had to take a phone call from her in a hotel bedroom in Xi'an in the middle of China because she just wouldn't give in. And I think many of us can relate to having someone as toxic as that as a boss, but also why, in the end, I had to leave that role, even though it was very highly paid, because she was destroying me as a human. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a powerful example, Clarissa. That's a really powerful example. But what you're raising there is, again, you know, a very important topic for today, isn't it? Which is boundary. Um, you know, our boundaries. And we do struggle with, I mean, I, I don't know statistically, um, you know, whether this is true or not, but certainly intuitively, I think that we struggle more as women with boundaries you know in our role as provider and giver and caregiver etc etc um than than perhaps um you know men do and that and that's really really tough so i think it is something that everybody does experience but women perhaps um more acutely and it's interesting yesterday morning we were on conversation and there was a, a lady on the call about we were talking about boundary and um she was really struggling with with her boundaries within the work environment and um 
as a, as a group of women, we were talking about what we might be able to do to support her as as, as, as you know as part of mm. team mastery. And um, what we ended up doing was we ended up saying there is a there there is a, a need to create a new contract and a new contract of engagement for you and your manager and you know and setting the conditions up for having a conversation which is you know you being authentic you being able to speak your truth um you know without consequence um and and then creating a contract and Mm -hmm. that's really important and i think for any females that are on the call that are in leadership or management positions I think that it is important not to underestimate the signals that we send out to our teams and to our peers when we are the person on the other end, Mm -hmm. as in your leader at 11 o'clock at night and 6 o'clock in the morning. You can do that work, but you can schedule an email to to send send it at 8.30. You don't actually have to press the send button. Um, so you know, again, there's there's it's really important um, for us to recognise that. And I think talking about the email and the technology also is important because we've talked about ancient wisdom and you know qigong and you know the, the, I, I'm a flow practitioner, I'm a breath coach, and mindfulness are all really important elements. Um, that we look at. Uh, you've also talked about traditional Chinese medicine, but for me, the ancient wisdom is also made stronger and more powerful when it's integrated yes. with technology in the modern age. And we can all. I mean, it takes me twenty minutes to to help a female create and buy back an hour to two hours in their schedule just by doing some quick technology Absolutely. hacks you know yeah and i think you're right mel that that is that one side is the knowing the intuitiveness and the practices but the other side is you're right we can do less uh use technology in more smart ways and stand up for ourselves and i really like what you said about a contract you know unfortunately that wasn't possible with this person that would have never worked with her and where she was and in the end it was her comeuppance many years down the line she was asked to leave because she was Mm. yeah just too toxic for people to work with but um you know i think if we're in a position we can and it's always interesting for me that male managers did that a lot less than female managers and i think there's an element of us needing to continue needing to to prove ourselves in the space where maybe the male energy is very strong and dominant and we want to be seen as capable and confident that can bring out a bit of a tyrant in some some women yeah yeah and 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 again it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you say that, Clarissa, and what comes to my brain is, again, that positive, you know, it's the reframe, it's, it's, it's the gap versus the gain, you know, how, how are we wired in our brain? And that's really important to work on our belief system. Um, there's I, the, the, the work of Simon Fanshaw, where he talked, I mean, he's pretty Marmite, you know, you love him or you hate him. <laughs> Um, or Vegemite, Vegemite yeah. uh, knowing that you've, you've spent some time in, in, in Sydney, Australia. Um, but it's really interesting because he talks about 
diversity as a dividend instead of diversity yeah. as a deficit. And a lot of the time, as females, especially when we're in a work environment as a as a as a as a knowledge worker, as a manager, even as a leader, you're right. There's still this kind of ancestral DNA in in inside of us about proving ourselves, and you know this this trying to you know bring the balance up of the gender equality. But so many people see this whole diversity thing as as, as a deficit. It's kind of like I've got it's a gap. I've got to yeah, fill the yeah. gap. I've got to you know I've got to prove all of this stuff. But actually. What I would say is no, you know, go straight back to profile. What are your strengths? Let's go through the identity um, five P's and let's just re- reframe and let's let's, you know, you've got to celebrate the the diversity dividend that you are creating in your role and not necessarily trying to fill That's that gap. Wonderful. I love that. That's that's very true. And I think we're going to put some links to some of these amazing um various resources here for people who've enjoyed just getting a snippet of them so that they can explore them if you had to have one suggestion that you would leave the listeners with where do we start one area where would we start beyond time where would we do it or maybe it is just the time one yeah do you know i i think for me it is it, it 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 is identity. I think it's profile. I think um, the wherever I might start, we always come back to that place, mm. Clarissa, which is who am I? Reconnect with who I am, and um, th- there's something important there because there is the recognition of where I have been and what I have achieved and who I was. And letting go, and then the time and the space of the present moment is where we can do that work. And in that work, one of the first things that we do is look to the future in terms of who do I want yeah. to be, who am I becoming? Because this isn't the end of the road. This is actually a brand new runway. In which country do you <laughs> want to be flying out of? You know, um, that's what I would say. That's a very long answer well, to a short I don't question. Know. I I'm think guessing. that's probably a very fundamental answer to this. So yes, who am I, and who am I becoming? Wonderful. Mel, I love that you came on and talked about tea with Mel and gave some fantastic insight into the work that you're doing. If my listeners want to connect with you and learn more, where do they go? They can uh, come and connect with me and follow me on LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn profile is Mel Ross one um, I also have a tea with Mel page on LinkedIn that you can come and join where um, I am usually there once a day. Um, I'm also, I think, you know, a lot of this has got to be personal and it's got to be one-to-one. And, um, you know, I'm more than happy. My email address is mel.ross at adapttodigital.com and I will share it with you for the show notes, Clarissa. But, um, you know, I'm not, I I don't officially say, and and, and I give everybody free sessions. No, I just make myself available. And if anybody requires a chat some advice you know some time then i am here to give it to them so um i think you know that personal connection and of course modern dot mindset 
Mentor is my social media handle on Instagram. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Mel. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and thank you for being on the show. Oh, Clarissa, thank you so much for the invitation. I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking to you. It's been brilliant. So we'll just wait for it to do a little upload. That was great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Thriving Through Menopause. If you like this podcast episode, please hop over to my website, thrivethroughmenopause.com and rate and review it. And thank you if you do that because it helps others to find the show. Want more news and views on perimenopause and menopause? Then sign up to my weekly newsletter, Heart of Menopause, over on Substack. Thank you once again for listening and see you next week for another guest interview helping you to thrive through menopause.